Hey guys, welcome back to hour two of the Rantcast live on ATN.live. I'm your host, Chris, with uh, my co-host Shepard Ambellis, the founder of ATN Live. That's Ambellis Talk Network. Uh, like I said at the top of the first hour, uh, help support the show. Uh, if you're listening on ATN.live, uh, click that support button above the uh, play button. We just had Jason Burmis on. Did I just say it wrong again, Shep? Yeah, Burmis. That's right, right? Yeah, Jason Burmis. Oh, I'm afraid. Oli, am I saying your name right? I'm bad with names. I'm sorry. More or less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we had Jake Jason Burns on <laughs> on the first uh, I'm hour an there. In nameology. <laughs> on the first hour there, and uh, with uh, Oli Demigard, and uh, that was a pretty pretty good first hour. And Oli, he's going to stick around with us for the, this next hour here. We were talking about right. uh, just all kinds of things, Bitcoin. Uh, this whole uh, almost getting into now uh, the great reset part of this and uh, the plan that they're that they're pushing through. I mean, this is uh, this is happening. I mean, this great reset. I, I keep saying it's happening. It's who's going to reset it. Them or us is what it comes down to. What do you think about that, Oli? Well, it's a race. I think what we are watching is almost like a gladiator game between good and evil. And both these forces are really uh, at war with each other at the moment. And so we have these things very often. It looks like, like you say, the Great Reset, it looks like that it's the bad boys. But there's also a sort of an, uh, opposite operation going on with, with the same agenda almost, but for good. So it's, it's very confusing. I think we are, are in a very, in a time of great confusion, but also what I call it is the great reset. No, the great retreat where this pushes us into, um, or forces us almost to look ourselves in the mirror and also take time out and see what the hell am I doing with my life and which side do I want to be on? We, we can no longer hide. It's, there's no longer any gray zone. It's black or white. What, who are you? What are you going to do? And I'm not saying stand up in violence. I'm saying, you know, you need to act not only like things on Facebook. You need to stand up for what you believe in. And hopefully that is good and right and beautiful stuff that will help humanity. Or you join the other side, which is very destructive and very dark. Well, I, the choice I, is yours. I find it strange that people want to go down the dark path. I mean, like, oh, they want to make things worse for their... For, for the next generation or their grandkids or I, I mean it's so bizarre I totally agree with you and uh, you know I, I spoke to Chip Tatum once he's a CIA whistleblower he was the commander of George Bush Senior's private hit team Pegasus and we become friends over the years and uh, I, I asked him about the mindset behind these dark operations because I just don't get it. I, what is the thing with controlling people and and uh, what is this thing with in, inflicting pain and death to other? I don't get it. What What is the big kick? And he said, the only reason you don't understand it is because you're not a psychopathic killer. If you were, all of these things would make perfect sense. And also I, I was doing a, a conference in Belgium once where uh, one of the other speakers was Ronald Bernard, who is a former Illuminati banker. And uh, it was just the two of us that was uh, uh, doing presentations. And then afterwards, there was like a Q&A where 
where the audience could ask us questions. But then one of the in the audience says, "Why don't you ask each other questions?" And I thought, "Brilliant! I love that one," because here is a guy who who used to be very much involved in these very very dark things and who was extremely extremely uh, honest about what he was involved in. And he said he loved it. He thrived being among these psychopaths because, uh, you know, do whatever you want and don't care uh, about anyone else. If you want to, just take it. If you want uh, that thing, just rape it, whatever. I mean, it's just go for it. But it came to a point where they started, he was uh, at a point where there were child sacrifice involved and that just woke him up. It just freaked him out. And he, he managed to get out uh, alive and... Uh, went under the radar for some 20 years before he, he stepped forward as a whistleblower. So it was really hey, interesting. Ollie, I hate to cut you off. we got to run to a quick break. Go, go, go. Toby Fuel Boosting Tablet could enhance your performance and give you back your drive life, helping you to go longer and faster and increase acceleration and helping you enjoy a nice, smooth ride. We are still talking about driving, right? Goby Fuel Tablets could not only save you money at the pump, but when you share the power of this pill and help others improve their drive life, you can earn money, lots of money. So don't let ED ruin your drive life. Get Goby Fuel Boosting Tablets today. Visit GoGasTab.com. This is Aaron Cole from The Cole Report. I do a live show every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. We're going to be going through all of these crazy topics every week. We're going to do deep dives into money, weather, the the carbon, the the planets coming in, the the volcanoes popping. Anything they're going to try to do to depopulate us, we're going to break this down. And we're going to do it live every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. So please come join me and let's break this shit down. Thank you. We hope you enjoy what you hear on Embella's Talk Network and want to remind you to check the full schedule for live broadcast showtimes. The Shepherd Embella Show broadcasts on weekdays, Monday through Friday, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. Also, don't forget to catch the live broadcast of The Cole Report, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Central. Then on every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central, listen to Rained Out Rantcast on ATN.Live. Also, remember, don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge. Anyone who pledges support of $50 or more will receive two of Shep's documentary film DVD videos, and his latest Electronic Beats album titled Gangstalker 2.0. All shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show. ATN.Live the Ambellas Talk Network. ATN. Live. And we're back here on Rantcast Live on ATN Dot Live uh, with Oli Damagard. Uh, go ahead, uh, finish uh, your story. There. Sorry for cutting you off on the break. There. No, don't worry about it. So um, anyway, so what I was 
wondering with him was exactly, you know, because I was trying to understand the mindset. And I said, from where you were, were you friends? I mean, could you be friends with people with such a dark mindset? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, we really, we were great friends. And, and I said, but how did he look upon someone like myself? He said, the enemy. Okay. So I said, would, would, that, would you describe me as evil from where you came from, your point of view before? He said, yes. So I said, but because these individuals, the, the way they're striving, they really like the guy down below with horns and who's really enjoying a hot climate, where the rest of us, as far as I know, we're trying to strive the other way up to where we feel that that is good, you know, the guy with the beard, whoever, whatever it is up there. So there's these opposite forces and it's almost like to understand right, we need left to understand black, we need white to understand up, we need down and to understand good, we need evil. So it's almost like this is built in in this world matrix, whatever we are in. But anyway, so I said, so these people, do they feel love? And he said, yes, of course. And so I said, but how do they, how do they show love to their children and, and people they love? He said, through pain. I was like, oh, fuck, that is just horrendous. And he started describing how they love their children by breaking them down, by torture. By, and I mean, I, at that point, I just felt, I'm giving up here. I'm never, ever going to understand that mindset at all. So when you look at the world, don't try, I mean, when you look at evil, don't try to argue with it, with your mindset, because you will never get there. I would say don't even try to understand it. It's just say, who are you? Which side are you on? And then do your best to purify yourself, purify your mindset and get some balls and backbone and stand up for what you believe is right. And then together we can transcend this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, there, it's the binary or dualistic principles, I guess, right? There's with throughout life, I mean, life, death, evil, uh, good. Uh, it's something that it seems we're always going to battle, but the evil now is it's so in your face. It's so, uh, you know, before it was this, uh, kind of shadowed uh revelations uh through movies tv and even in that stuff i mean it was in the background for the most part uh you had some outliers that you know really showed you know like kubrick and some others that really showed uh, and even the, even with his stuff it, it was more of the background detail stuff but the 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 uh just the revelations now it, it's it's not even a revelation it's just in your face um from the 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 super bowl to the olympics to to every sport every single sports uh uh show every everything that is on the tv on the uh program box the idiot box it is a uh, designed to create these hypnotic trances in people yeah but at the same time also you know like like you say in the old days it's not that many years ago that it was mostly just individuals like myself that was feeling this bad breath of the beast because we were we were exposing it because it, it was hiding now 
when millions of people are, a mil- I mean, multi-million uh, millions of people are becoming aware of this thing, it feels like the beast is starting to really, it, it's, there's no more hiding. It's just full on. The censorship is full on. The, it's just everywhere. And so the question is, is that a sign of desperation or is it a sign of that they, it knows now that everything is safe. It can just take over in one go and boom, game over. But I tell you, when, when I see, if I look at myself, I should be a joke for them. You know, it's just one voice that reach out to many, of course, in, the, in one way. Yeah, I can see. But it's still, you know, when I go on tour, these are not tours that are bringing in millions of people. Not at all. And still... They've, they've been doing everything they can to shut me down, you know, like the attempted murder, all kinds of, that, you know, stacked drugs in our in the RV and uh, trying to discredit and trying. I mean, what I think what we're seeing is a sign of desperation. So this censorship was there in the, in the old days, but it's moving forward now so that it's like it's getting ridiculous that like people that even posting things about saving rainwater and stuff like that are being shut down or, or growing carrots organically are being visited by SWAT teams. What, what is that? It's, it's getting totally ridiculous. But it's also helping uh, people that have been doubting this thing before to see that, oh, my God, it's actually happening. So indirectly, it's a blessing when we get this flamethrower up I bought, you know, to see that, whoa, 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 what is going on? So... I, I, I did this uh, presentation a while ago, and one of the guys in the audience, he said that uh, he had been reading the book, The Great Reset by uh, Klaus Engel Swap. And uh, he said he read the book to be able to get to know the enemy better. But what he said, what he was so surprised, I'm quote him because I hadn't read the book. He said in the book, they were talking about that they, they were doing this reset to help to wake people up that they were really trying to make it so horrible so that we would finally, finally wake up. So I have no idea what's going on. I just know that uh, to me, it feels like on a spiritual level, we're really being pushed through like a birth canal to, to become a higher version of ourselves. But it takes this down on a street level, this boot camp, uh, absolute horror to, to wake up to be pushed through this. And so indirectly, it's a blessing, even though it's absolutely horrendous to go through it sometimes and very scary at times. So, but look at it because when you see actually what they've got against us are very few methods. This is why I've dedicated so many years to exposing the templates, the very few problem, reaction, solution, uh, these type of things, the false flags, the diversion, the, they, it's very few, a handful of different techniques that they're using over and over and over again. But the key in all of this is fear. Fear is the ultimate weapon they have against us. So the way I see it is great. Now I identify it. The good thing with fear is it's only in my my own mind. It's not out there. It's not real. It's only in my mind. And it's always connected to something in the future, something that has not yet happened. So if you look at it objectively, I mean, it's like a waste of time to be totally consumed by fear or controlled by fear because it's not even real. And so whatever 
the situation is the more you can free yourself from fear, the freer you become in yourself, the happier you become in yourself, and also the more effective you can be in transforming this world for something good. Yeah. Uh, back to some of the false flag stuff and the symbols and the sign stuff uh, that you've talked about before, like uh, Uvalde. I don't know how far you've looked into Uvalde, but you, I, I mean, you brought up the shoes with Uvalde. <clears throat> and you were talking a little bit on, uh, I think it was Tinfoil Hat about that, if you could explain a little bit of that. Yeah, I've done. I've been interviewed more than 1,100 times, so I've been talking a lot about these things. Uh, the shoes, I find is super, super important. So I'll go into some details regarding them. Like over the years, I started finding shoes that were left in the street uh, on crime scenes, many, many different scenes where it was connected to death, some kind of violent death. And there were shoes, mostly Nike trainers, on the crime scene, left on the street. And it's like really odd because like when you get shot, very rarely do people get shot and so they're lifted out of their shoes. I mean, normally the shoe sticks on it. Even if you're hit by a truck or a train, normally the shoe stays. But here they were always lying on their own. And, and so when I started counting the shoes of the alleged victims and the assassin or whatever who was involved, they had old shoes, but there were shoes more than that on the side. So I, I just thought this is very odd. So with this, in my research vault, I just uh, made a new folder called shoes and I started filling it with images. And this started filling up like with thousands of images. And I was like, what is going on with the shoes? And uh, also I started uh, noticing that many alleged victims in uh, mass shootings, alleged mass shootings and alleged false flag attack, oh, sorry, uh, terror attacks were often without one shoe or two shoes. Once again, you normally don't drop your shoes if something happens. And sometimes the shoes were placed next to the victim, very, very nicely put to two shoes next to each other, you know, like very orderly or so. So... I started doing shows about this and I was talking about, I had no idea about the shoes, but what, what is up with them? And then I was contacted by an anonymous uh, Freemason who said that uh, he's followed me for years. And he also said, uh, but the whole thing with the shoes is that it's part of the Freemasonic rituals that are involved in these uh, operations. And what he said was like, one shoe off means that that person is doing it voluntarily, just like in the Freemasonic rituals where you got like one trouser leg up and one shoe off. And two shoes off means homage to the sacred space, that hey, to that ritual uh, that was just taking place. So I thought, whoops, that's interesting. So I started talking about that. And then I was doing a show together with uh, a brother of mine called uh, Cody Snodgrass. He's a CIA whistleblower, former black op for more than 20 years uh, under the Clinton administration. I mean, this is, uh, he used to be a bad boy big time. And he was involved in these type of operations and also in MKUltra. And so when I was doing this show with him, he, saw, he suddenly said, listen, listen, I think there's a whole different level to this whole thing with the shoes. And so he explained that when you take somebody and uh, 
you want to break them into becoming your asset that can carry out stuff for you. This is where MK Ultra mind control techniques uh, come in. And what he said was that the way that they uh, got people, they broke people down into becoming assets was through torture, rape, intense pain in whatever sh shape or form it could take. So what they did was like, for instance, they were gang raping somebody and then there was, a, for instance, a special tune playing every time or a symbol or color or a sentence being played over and over and over again Why this traumatic event was happening. And then every time they repeated this violent behavior, the same symbol or song or wording was being repeated, repeated. So in the end, that individual connected the traumatic experience with the word because what they needed what they found out in the 50s was that when when people were going through horrible things really really horrible things the personality of that person when the intent when the pain was too intense it just popped and a secondary personality was created and they could in they start, started finding out in the 50s the CIA KGB that they could make multiple personalities in one and the same person. But what they needed was a trigger, something that could trigger from one personality to the other. And then they could control that personality to do stuff, including assassination, and then click back, trigger it back to the original. And the original personality sometimes didn't even know what the secondary personality had done. So a perfect assassin. So anyway, then this trigger thing, this was the symbol they were using. And you, you, I'm sure you've seen in many movies where uh, a car mechanic is maybe he's going around doing his own business, uh, his own normal job, and then he gets a phone call. He picks up the phone and they play Mary Had a Little Lamb or something like that. And suddenly he goes into almost like zombie mode. He goes off, you know, and kills someone. That's the trigger. They so showed the something like needed. that in uh, the movie Naked Gun 33 and a third, I believe it was called, where it, they had O.J. Simpson was in that movie. They, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but where he goes to kill the queen, a baseball yeah. player. No, it, trigger. No, go it's ahead. the... the there's, there's many, many movies you will see. There's Born Identity. You yep. got... Uh, the Manchurian Candidate you got in many different uh, uh, movies. They have they show these techniques, and anyway. So what Cody said was that if you think about the shoes, they have been used at least from the alleged Holocaust, where these mountains of shoes were mm. became the symbol and the proof of millions of people who died. I mean, I've been to many of these alleged death camps and you see these piles and you feel, oh my God, it's a, it's a proof that all of these people died. But when you look at it from a forensic point of view, it's just a pile of shoes. It, it's not a proof of anything. It's just a pile of shoes. So, but it's been connected to death at least from there on. It's been used over and over and over again in movies and films and documentaries. Look at the shoes, look at the shoes connected to death. So I started going down that rabbit hole and I found that in the Korean War, lots of piles of shoes and the Vietnam War, piles of shoes, the Balkan War, piles of shoes, the Six Day War uh, between Israel and, and Egypt, boots out in the middle of the desert. And I'll tell you one thing, if you've been into the desert, that is not a pl good place to take off your shoes because your feet will become bacon within seconds, you know. So yeah. why on earth were all of these boots spread out there? And then... 
you even got the name of the alleged Holocaust called Shua. Uh, if that is a co coincidence or not, I don't know. But anyway, also they, they talk about the shoeless, uh, the soulless shoes and so on. So, but what, uh, what Cody was uh, suggesting, what he said that for so many years we've been, we've been shown uh, places of horror connected to death and so you got like the impact of this horror. But at the same time, if you put the shoe there and you loaded that, you sort of weaponized that over the years as a trigger, a traumatic trigger, because so many times you've been seeing things, oh my God. And at the same time, your subconscious is seeing the shoe as well. So that's a, like a secondary trigger adding to the trauma. And so he suggested that these shoes are there to trigger, to trigger, to trigger the trauma. And when you see over the years, if you look at, for instance, the Las Vegas mass shooting, what was the image that the New York uh, Post or uh, New York Post and Washington Times, what were the images that they posted from that place? It was a shoe and a pile of blood, uh, you know, pool of blood. Yeah. Uh, also, you had uh, the symbol for the Las Vegas shooting was uh, two cowboy boots with the American flag on them. So they loaded it with the national the whole anthem type of thing. You got, for instance, uh, if you want to go into uh, Google Images, check out the Dayton, the Dayton, Ohio, the Dayton, Ohio shooting. You got like 42 trainers in a parking lot just with a, a plastic uh, cordon off area, you know, a police uh, a plastic strip around it saying crime scene. And we're supposed to believe that a mass shooting happened there, but the only thing when you look at it is just a pile of shoes. And how did they end up there? This, the shoes have been used over and over and over and over again. I believe to trigger. Um, you know, I know back in the day they were used. They would throw them over the uh, telephone wires. Yeah. To represent someone had died. But it, if you, yeah, and also connected to drugs. But also, if you look at uh, Wag the Dog, which I find is a super, super important uh, movie to watch. I just watched it last week again. Okay, there you go. Where they handpick uh, Woody, uh, Woody Harrelson as the hero. But the reason why they picked him was because they were looking for someone with a name that was connected to Shu. His name was Schumacher, if I remember right. And also, Willie Nelson made this song that added to the whole thing called The Old Shoe. And yeah. then they were throwing the shoes over the, uh, the telephone poles. And the shoes are very central in that movie as well. And so they're telling us, I tell you, with Wag the Dog, they're, they're showing us how do they do it. And when you watch that movie and then look at the alleged war in the Ukraine right now, I tell you, it's there's a, a lot. It's a, it's a blueprint. blueprint. I mean, it and, is you a, know, it's an, a blueprint. I want to tell you another thing about that, what I found out with Wang the Dog, because I thought that was based on the Monica Lewinsky incident, because it is almost identical to what Clinton was accused of, blowjob or no blowjob. Do you remember yep. in 92? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So this thing was Yo, we're the movie. Take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk about that. And I want to talk about a term I heard you use back in like 2015, I think, called is a term duped in delight. I want to talk about when we get back here on ATN.live with uh, Oli Demigard.
Hey, it's Aaron from The Cole Report, and I just want to remind you, if you miss any of the live shows, you can catch the rebroadcast all week long. There's a schedule on the homepage. Click it, and it'll show you everything going on for the whole week. And if that's not convenient enough for you, you can catch The Shepherd and Bella Show, The Rained Out Rancast, and The Cole Report on Apple and Spotify for your listening pleasure. Is your car or truck experiencing ED? That's right, engine dysfunction. Has your drive life become a disappointment? Perhaps you're losing performance or your pedal is feeling a little sluggish or soft. Maybe you're not able to go as long or as far as you used to. If this sounds familiar, then you need this little purple pill. The Gobi Fuel Boosting Tablet could enhance your performance and give you back your drive life, helping you to go longer and faster and increase acceleration and helping you enjoy a nice smooth ride. We are still talking about driving, right? Gobi Fuel Tablets could not only save you money at the pump, but when you share the power of this pill and help others improve their drive life, you can earn money, lots of money. So don't let ED ruin your drive life. Get Gobi Fuel Boosting Tablets today. Visit gogastab.com. ATN.live, the Embellus Talk Network is beyond news talk. It's cutting edge talk, 24 7, 365. Real people, real life conversation. ATN.live is also home to the Shepherd and Bella's show and other great shows. The website is simple to use, and the sound quality is phenomenal. We stream in 194K audio and have a backup 64K stream for folks who don't have much internet bandwidth. Remember, don't forget, go to ATN.live now. And for those who pledge $50 or more, you will receive free merchandise from Shepherd and Bella's. His two films on DVD video and his latest Electronic Beats album, so, show some love. ATN.Live, the Embellas Talk Network, ATN.Live. And we're back uh, on ATN Live with, on Rant, Rantcast Live on ATN.Live, live with Oli Demigard. Uh, I want to, again, thank you for coming on, Oli, and giving us your time. Oh, my ATN. absolute pleasure. We've just, uh, we're, we're getting this uh, network off the ground here. Uh, it's a free speech network. Uh, it runs 24-7, uh, yep. you know, working the kinks out, so to speak. Uh, for the break, uh, we, we were talking about Wag the Dog. Monica Lewinsky and that whole scandal and how it tied or didn't tie into Wag the Dog? The thing was with Wag the Dog, I always thought that it was based on the Monica Lewinsky event because it was 
I mean, the whole scandal in the movie that they're trying to cover up is that the, the president couldn't keep his hands off one of the young girls in the White House, exactly yeah. like with Monica. But what I found out was that the movie was released just a month or two before the Monica Kelevinsky event happened. Yeah, meaning in Christmas time in '97. Exactly. So, so it was before the Monica Lewinsky instead of the other way around. And it was about a pedophile. It was more about almost a Joe Biden incident because it was about a pedo incident, basically, with the president. It wasn't just about a sexual. Because I just watched it again uh, last last week. It was it was about a pedo uh, sexual uh, Mm. allegation of uh, an underage girl. So. That True. takes it a whole another step. And like you said, they released it. They released it, uh, I believe it was Christmas of 97. Uh, and then by, I think it was January 9th is when uh, Clinton had to give that address. Uh, yeah, because, do you know, like we're, we're talking back to false flag operations as well, do you know, where your diversion, look the other way, it's the illusion of things. Mm-hmm. And here, the wag the dog at... First, we had the Monica Lewinsky scandal where the media was lured, I would say, to look at at the White House for a long, long time about this scandal. But when that happened, you had bombings of, uh, let me see if I remember right, Syria, Sudan. uh, There were different bombings, illegal bombings uh, that the U.S. did while the press was looking towards this scandal. So the first time when this erupted, boom, there were all of these attacks. Nobody reacted. Then the second time, I, that is a possible diversion for the real operation that they that they were, the Monica Lewinsky uh, incident was, in my opinion, actually an operation, a psychological operation for the media to look the other way. Then the second time when they were talking about an impeachment and how are we going to do all of this thing, they hit uh, Sudan. Uh, I think there was 11 different factories down there. And then a third time during the, that, the very same year, uh, they had this, uh, this massive strike in the Balkan War. And, and the media was starting to say, what the hell is exactly like in Wag the Dog? What is going on? And then they stopped doing it. So I think that the whole Monica Lewinsky was a diversion, that that was a whole diversion to keep uh, the media looking the wrong way while they were actually doing these things. So these operations can work both both ways in Wag the Dog. It's to avoid the scandal. But here, I think maybe the movie itself was there to show what they're up to, what they have to do, and also as a diversion to what they were actually planning to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really a sleight of hand. I mean, it's it's real-time magic, if you will, to what they're doing by, you know, misdirecting. And it's constant. It's constant misdirection. Do you know the what gaslighting, was... The gaslighting that they're doing? Yeah. Like, uh, take uh, Biden... Was it just a couple of days ago when he was asking about um, Julia? I can't remember her her full name, but she was a congresswoman who died back in August in a car accident. And he's looking around, asking where she's at, and oh, I guess she's not here. And uh, then you have you know the the White House spokeswoman saying she was top of mind. That's why he said that. He didn't mean are you in the room, even though he was looking around the room clearly thinking she was in the room right and she just kept over and over oh because it was top of mind it was top that's not even like 
the right term, this top of mind. He was at the top of the, he was at the top of the mind. Like, he was, you know, he was, it's the gaslighting is, is, is crazy because of the tools they have to, to be able to do this. You know, when, when I've been on tour, uh, I've been twice approached by people in the audience when I've been talking about false flags operations and, and the whole setup to these things. And uh, two times people have approached me saying, my God, you're describing my job in great detail. I, I've been like, okay, so what are you like military intelligence or what? And one of the guys said, no, I'm a magician. And the other guy said, no, I'm an illusionist. And this is exactly, he's, both of them said, the way you describe false flag operations, it's exactly the way I divert the attention from the audience so that I control where they look, what they're focusing on, what they think they're choosing, but it's actually I who have made the choices already for them, and so on. So I thought that was really interesting because this is what we're up against. We're up against a massive man manipulating psychological warfare operation that is there to to try and take over and control us yeah a machine and uh before break i i mentioned uh, i'd listened to I, I i can't remember the name of the podcast but i believe it was from like 2015 that you were on and you mentioned duped in delight i think it was the term that you used with uh robbie uh from the uh sandy hook robbie parker. robbie parker that's right and parker. uh it yeah. got me to think no. of uh, on my first episode I did here on ATN, I talked about 77 minutes, which uh, 77 minutes. I don't know if you know about the 77 minutes in the Uvalde case where uh, police stood by for 77 minutes. And uh, that I found I was streaming or uh, skimming through uh, Amazon, the prime thing one one night. And I seen 77 minutes on a documentary and it was from like, uh, I think, 2015 or 2014. And it it struck my interest because of the seventy seven minutes. I click on it, and it's a it's a documentary about the San Ysidro uh, McDonald's massacre in Santa uh, San Diego, California, in July of nineteen eighty four. And when you watch this documentary, it is one of the most it's 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 very graphic. Let's just say that because it has all the um, police uh, footage, uh, the film, the videos. I mean, uh, the pictures and, and all the evidence. And uh, there's uh, this one of the main stories was the two boys on the bicycles outside that uh, the guy shot because this guy killed 21 people inside of a McDonald's. It took 77 minutes for a sniper to finally take him out. It's something that uh, we never really hear that much of, you know, but in this documentary, they're survivors. This guy just walked around in a McDonald's just shooting people, kids, uh, women, it didn't matter, just shooting them point blank and then dancing to music on the radio. Uh, literally left his house, went right down the block and, and started killing people. And uh, when you watch this documentary, the, the witnesses, the victims, they're, um, this is 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago. And their testimonies on these on on these videos, I mean, they can't even they can hardly keep it together, you know. And then we see these when these witnesses and victims, you know, we see them on the TV, you know, especially before they these videos get taken down, like in the 
uh, Parkland. There's a lot of videos that have disappeared of these guys talking about, you know, we were supposed to be running a, a shooter drill and we were supposed to do a fire drill. And I ran home and got my bicycle or whatever David Hogg was talking about. But uh, we see this now where there's no like emotion right from these victims and these witnesses i mean we get it from some of them but there's no like and you watch 77 minutes and these people almost 40 years later and they just weep and break down at thinking about what they went through yeah i don't know if it's just this uh, turn psychologically when it comes to like what uh people are exposed to in the media and consumed through movies and television you know i don't know if you've ever heard of that uh mass shooting no, no, not that one. I'm going to look into it because that's that's very early on. Uh, that is yeah. very early on. But the whole thing with mass shootings, I mean, it started, I think, 68 when it, uh, in, if I remember right, in Austin, Texas, uh, up in, in a university tower where there was a sniper there, they claim. Uh, and the result of that mass shooting was the, the creation. Of oh, no. Are we losing only solution that is can you not hear me yeah you're back now you you cut out just okay so i i believe 1984 that's an interesting year as well but uh, i'm really going to look into to that shooting i did not i have not heard of it before but in i think it was 68 the first mass shooting officially took place from a tower at Austin, the uh, university in Austin, and where the result of this alleged mass shooting was the creation of the first SWAT team. And after that, we've seen how this has just exploded. And I would strongly suggest that it's problem, reaction, solution. They come, they create the problem to get the reaction from us so that we will accept their solution. And so, I mean, nowadays, people, if they've got too many vitamins at home, a SWAT team can come. I mean, what is going on? It's just gone berserk. So anyway, when you see these type of reactions, and I used to work as a journalist. I've, I've been to, to, you know, accident sites where people have been got killed or, or they're in shock or they're traumatized by what have happened or, or crime scenes as well. And what I saw were people that were deeply shaken uh, by what had happened, either in shock, so that, they, you know, very pale, didn't say a word, sweaty, light, sweaty, like that. Or they were rambling on, like just like rambling on, or just standing shaking, but very visibly taken in by the, what had happened. And then you go to things like Sandy Hook, where Robbie Parker is a perfect, perfect, perfect uh, uh, example of that whole thing where he's laughing he's smiling he's getting himself into the mode and then he starts talking crying almost like that he forgets if it's a son or a daughter later on and these type of things where it's like so obvious once you also when you look into the sandy hook you really start digging in here you will find out absolutely nothing happened it was a fema drill the school had been closed for years the whole thing is just a, a stage setup but the duping delight is a psychological term that I learned from uh, psychologists, they were talking about that specific, especially uh, psychopaths, when they know that they're manipulating you, the body cannot lie and the body starts smiling. So 
the body will say one thing, the words will say another. So many times when I listen to testimonials or eyewitness reports or whatever, I turn down the volume and I look at the body. What is the body saying? And you will see these people, you know, oh, ISIS cut the head of my brother right in front of me. And they're smiling. So I know right away, this is not a natural reaction. That is not natural. So that makes me dig deeper into that one. And we've seen it over and over and over again, these duping delights where they're smiling, even though they're talking about horrific stuff. Often they're looking down to the left next to the camera where there's a teleprompter, I would suggest. And very often you can also see with their eye movements that there would be somebody standing by their side that is their controller that is uh, sort of directing them in whatever direction. So duping delight, very interesting. Yes, it is. And we, I mean, we, yeah, like you said, I mean, we see this, uh, these type of things, like it's like, it's an MO basically. It's the same as like, uh, how there's drills going on every time something major goes on. There just happens to be a drill, just happens to be a drill dealing with hijacked planes, just happens to be a drill at the depository down the street from the finish line of the, of the Boston Marathon, just happens to be, you know, a drill, you know, a, a school shooting drill. And, and like Uvalde, when they gave that uh, video that came out of the police just standing in the school, I don't know if you've seen that video, but there's that mother who said she ran in and also that uh, off-duty police officer who borrowed a shotgun from his, his uh, barber and ran into the building to save children while the police stood outside arresting parents. Where's those videos? You know, people are like, well, the video of them standing in there is in a different building. Okay, you're saying, that, you know, it only has one camera. And we see that time and time again from, from Epstein to uh, uh, the Pentagon to where cameras, well, they just don't, they just quit working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the company that have installed them is very often the Israeli company, ITCS, I think they're called. And uh, I mean, they're all over the place in international airports, train station, you name it. And then right when things happen, well, very sorry, all of them turn off. And then right after it happened, boom, officially, they're back on. What does that tell you? I mean, wouldn't you sort of like if your camera that you bought for a lot of of money, wouldn't you sort of get pissed off when, when it was actually needed and it stopped working? But here instead, we see it just being promoted and spread, spread, spread. Part of the crime. The same with the drill, it's a dead giveaway. The drill is there for the rehearse, equipped uh, film. Also, a lot of the real, the footage that are later released is uh, filmed during the drill so that they make sure that they got these high quality images of terror or also what I call the catwalk of death, the very blurred video uh, footage of somebody walking around among the bodies where people, it's always civilians that are taking care of the victims with their backs towards the camera. A very good example of that, the Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha, you know, after the shootings and him walking down the street and, you know, then being attacked in the street and you had the like you say, the citizens are helping each other as far as <clears throat> medical attention and stuff like that. The Kyle, when you when you talk about that, the catwalk of death, the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse really strikes up in my mind that with, with that. It's 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 in the hundreds. It really is in the hundreds. So uh, I oh, also man, want to say when it comes to Boston bombing. Sorry, sorry. I was just thinking of the Boston bombing no, with the the uh, 
the Mexican cowboy. And then you had the legless man yeah. who, when he, when the Mexican cowboy picked up the legless man, he got no blood on, on any of his clothes and then puts him in a wheelchair instead of on a gurney and then down the street. So it, it was an open path. So you got all these great pictures of this heroic moment, you know, of him with the legless man who's not passed out from losing so much blood from his legs missing, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, they do this yes, so really open and they're making it, um, this whole thing with Bring Nation uh, and the Wanda Sykes show coming out with the Amazon doorbells, you know, it's it's almost they're making it difficult for themselves. You know, one of these times, one of these satellites or something's going to fall out of, you know, one of these skylights or something's going to fall out of the sky and get caught on a ring camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this uh, true well, Yeah, but isn't this the, the whole thing, you know, that they set things up and then it backfires in their face? I mean, yeah. the internet was their creation, and now it's really becoming a major problem for it, or it has become a major problem for them. So it's like, it's like a knife. You can you can carve beautiful stuff with it, or you can kill someone with it. It's like a two two way, whatever the intention is behind it. So yeah, yeah I don't know I, if you heard. I that just want to say. Well, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just want to say that regarding the Sandy Hook uh, shooting, that uh, that's a very sensitive thing for many people to hear when they hear like, whoa, that didn't happen. They get really like, okay, that guy is just full of it. I just want to say that I was part of uh, creating a book called Nobody Died at Sandy Hook. Uh, it was together with eight uh, on 10 very heavyweight PhDs and researchers from around the world who looked into this. And it's almost uh, 350 pages, if I remember right. Uh, what happened was, as far as I know, it was the first book ever banned by Amazon. So what we decided to do was uh, to give it up for free as a, a PDF and then reprint it uh, where on the cover it, we used the whole band on Amazon type of thing on the cover for the second edition. But that first edition that was banned, you can get, go to my website, lightonconspiracies.com, go to the shop and you can download it for free. Uh, nobody died at Sandy Hook. And then you can just go through it yourself and see the official story and then what we have found and i tell you it's like anyone who believes the official story after going through that book i mean sorry you need to go get yourself a new brain sandy hook was a big learner <clears throat> as far as screen record everything when it's a lot you know when these things are happening in real time on the the tv because i mean there was reports of the guy running into the bushes and all kinds of stuff on the sandy hook uh and yeah this is this is an opinion opinionated podcast that allegedly you know but the 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 sandy hook thing is um crazy and the way they control um the internet you're talking you know it's kind of gotten out of control there's this clip going around i don't know if you've seen this clip going around on twitter of uh I don't know exactly who she is, but she's with the UN. It's at a summit. And listen to what she says about the internet and climate change. You know, we partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world, you know, should know it. And, and the platforms themselves also do. 
Um, but again, it's it's it is um, it's it's a huge huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in. Yeah, that's the Sustainable Development Impact Meeting. This was released by the World Economic Forum. She says right there, we own the science. Mm. We own it. We own this. We own this. We've partnered with Google. And like Jason was talking about it in the first hour is Google's web that is into everything from YouTube to your DNA. Uh, Google is one of the biggest uh, DNA banks in the world because of uh, 23andMe and all the other uh, DNA uh, grabbing uh, tests that they push every Christmas. And they, uh, I believe 2020 was a mass uh, DNA grab uh, with all these swabbing and not only with what was on these swabs as far as Luciferes uh, um, are microbes or anything like that. This was a massive DNA swab. That's why I have pushed from the beginning, do not get tested unless you're dead. You know, and you have no control over it whatsoever because I have been COVID free. I'm vaccine free and test free. Uh, I think that's why I'm COVID free. They call me a COVID dodger and, and uh, scientists, <laughs> quote unquote, want to speak to COVID dodgers. Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, I'm not sending you a fucking survey. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's it's. <sighs> I mean, when you say it's out of hand, it is, uh, it's, it is, uh, it's been going that way and we're going into a reset and it comes down to who's going to get it first, I guess, you know, and can I, can I just say one thing yeah, regarding San, Sandy Hook and Uvalde, for instance, uh, Uvalde where, the green shoe was very dominant. I mean, shame on you, yep. Matthew McConaughey. Come on, what the hell was that? That was a massive, big psychological operation with the green shoe right in the middle of it all. And uh, but many years ago, there was a man called Fletcher Prouty who is he used he worked in black ops. He was in the Pentagon, very high up for many many years up until the Kennedy assassination. And he's actually the guy that is being portrayed in the JFK movie by Donald Sutherland, Mr. X fantastic human being. It's through him that I've learned so much from the inside about how these operations are carried out. But anyway, he told a story once how he was in Greece with the director of the CIA, Alan Dulles, once. They were driving around and then Alan Dulles pointed out like what looked like a, a small community, you know, out in the, near the sea or whatever, and uh, like a gated community, beautiful place. And so Dulles ask uh, Fletcher Prouty, you know what that is, pointing to that place. And Fletcher said, uh, well, is that some kind of a, like a holiday resort? Or, and Dallas said, no, no, they're all ours, all our assets, you know, grandfathers, um, children, parents, school teachers, all of them are assets on standby. Used to be, wannabes, uh, whatever, you know, active, inactive, so that they could be used or not used at any time, point in time, if needed. And he said, we've got places like that all over the place, in Germany and other countries and in the US, all over the place. And I think you have to understand things like that to understand Sandy Hook, for instance, because when you go to Sandy Hook, it's like everybody must be involved or not, because either what the official story is true 
which we've proven like a thousand times that it's not, or everybody is involved. And when you go to that community, I have friends who are now being sued by so-called parents from that area who've been going to Jim Fitz, uh, Walter Holtbeek, uh, that have been taken to court. Uh, they've been there and they've been met by a massive uh, resistance, you know, a massive hostility and so on. So I would strongly suggest when you look at Sandy Hook, you look at also what Sandy Hook has been used to. There's this mental uh, hospital there that was even used to film horror movies in. Uh, I think Horror on Elm Street uh, was filmed there. Uh, the, I would suggest the whole community there is one of these CAA hubs that Dallas was uh, describing. Yeah. And I believe Uvalde could very well be that as well. You will, you will see very often when these things happen, there are com these communities are having a very uh, problematic financial situation up until these things happen. And then, boom, uh, ma massive funds are funneled into them and suddenly they start flourishing again. But the prices to play along and keep keep their mouth shut and and so on. Only we're running out of time. I want to thank you again for coming on. I want to thank Jason Bermis for coming on as well. Let everybody know once again where they can find you if they can find you. My website is lightonconspiracies.com or damagard.com. Uh, you can spend like five years there. Uh, it's like almost 10,000 articles, more than 1,100 on my interviews, webinars, podcasts, you name it, where I've devoted my life to try and find out what the hell is going on so that we can pull the curtain and get some transparency into this whole thing so that we can make good choices for our life, for our neighbors, for our friends, families, and so on, and help to transcend this world into the next beautiful level, which Thank we to come. Everybody check it out. Thanks again for tuning in to the Rantcast Live on ATN.Live. Nationwide gas prices have reached an all-time record high, and there's a lot of us that are feeling the squeeze. We can help alleviate those pains at the pump through a revolutionary fifth-generation Nobel Prize fuel catalyst, now available to the public. Boost by Govee increases miles per gallon by an average of 20%, allowing you to go further, lessening how many times you need to fuel up. That's money in the bank. Just pop this little purple pill into your tank and get big gas savings. Professional truck drivers can also experience massive savings because it can also be used in diesel engines and decreases the amount of diesel exhaust fluid that's required. This unparalleled purple pill also increases octane levels by five points, which allows regular fuel to act like premium and is safe with over 650 million miles tested without damaging a single vehicle. It's time to free up your budget and increase your bottom line today. Visit gogastab.com. That's G-O-G-A-S-T-A-B.com. We hope you enjoy what you hear on Embella's Talk Network and want to remind you to check the full schedule for live broadcast showtimes. The Shepherd Embella Show broadcasts on weekdays, Monday through Friday, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. Also, don't forget to catch the live broadcast of The Cole Report, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Central. Then on every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central, listen to Rained Out Rantcast on ATN.Live. Also, remember, don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge. Anyone who pledges support of $50 or more will receive two of Shep's documentary film DVD videos and his latest electronic beats album titled Gangstalker 2.0. All shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show. ATN.Live. The Ambellas Talk Network. 
KTN dot live. A T N. A T N. A T N. A T N dot live.